Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today we're going to talk about small home appliances. That's a re- catchy episode title. <laughs> no, okay, let, let's start over again. Let's do it again. No, no, it's good. That's fine. <laughs> no, 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 let's do it again. Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today we're going to talk about microwave hacks. Is that better? No? Yeah, sure. If you have microwave hacks, that's great. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> let's go again. Let's go in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today, we're going to talk about microwaves and other small home appliances. Do you have any favorite home appliances, Phil? I do. I do, actually. The thing is, I have a, I have a very intimate relationship with my home appliances, you know? They fulfill a certain function and like I often find myself just being very grateful for what they do. I know what you're thinking about. You're thinking about your panini grill, don't you? Man, I don't have a panini grill. I was looking at one yesterday, <laughs> but like I don't have a panini grill at the moment, but a panini grill is just amazing. But I'm especially thankful every day for my kettle. I have a very nice kettle where I could put in the temperature that I want. Um, which I never had before, but, um, it was a, it was a really wonderful present. And like now I can't see myself living without it, like making tea, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, you know, especially Japanese green tea where you need a certain temperature. And before that I was like boiling the kettle, starting it, stopping it, opening it, putting a thermometer in and just like an idiot, you know, and now I just put in the temperature and it heats it up. Um, so I'm very grateful for my kettle. Also very grateful for my rice cooker. What a really cheap, basic rice cooker. Oh, that's not, yeah, like you, you find one in every Asian home, right? Yeah. And I just bought like, I was looking at like fancy ones and stuff and they're very cool. They can like braise and all that sort of stuff. I just bought a really cheap rice cooker from a Chinese supermarket here, um, around the corner of my house for like 40 euros. And it works really great. I eat rice like every second day and it's so nice. You just wash your rice, put it in. It it has such a homey feeling to it. Like you were like, I put on the rice, I do like other stuff, you know, I clean the kitchen or whatever. And it's just like bubbling. Everything smells like rice. And the rice is just much better than when you cook it in the pot. It, it It's just the case, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Like I actually, I had one uh, as a kid in Venezuela and it was really nice. Do you use the microwave or what, what are the uses you give to it? Man, you know, like I, when I was like a young chef, I was like kind of against microwaves because I thought like, oh, you know, like these kitchens where people put like stuff in the microwave, ding it and then send it, you know, I thought that was horrible. And that is horrible. I think like, like that, that stigma, if I'm not wrong, that's something like the Spaniards changed because there was like this prejudice that microwave, it gives radiation to your food and it's only for like home cooks without knowledge something like that right yeah exactly and it's not the case at all it's just like a another way of applying heat to to a piece of food you know like it has different functions and different ways to use it but i've learned that there is like a for instance uh, cooking potatoes in the microwave to, to make uh, mashed potatoes or chickpeas, these kind of things. And then there are like these special like containers with special forms to steam inside the microwave and this kind of, so there is a lot of things that are super interesting to do, which I don't, I usually just make like 
you know, like microwave rice or cheap food that uh, for lazy people. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, f I feel the same. Like that's, there's like definite uses for a microwave. In the, if I had a microwave at home, which I don't, but if I had one, I would use it, especially to heat up leftover food, right? Like for example, stuff like lasagna, you know, like when I make lasagna, I always make like more than I can eat in a day. And like putting a piece of lasagna in a microwave and heating it up is just great because otherwise you have to like put it in the oven or put it in a pan, some water or something. It's just crap. But like, then again, you know, like, I feel like, like you said, there's so many uses for a microwave that I don't actually really know about, like cooking potatoes and stuff like that, that I feel like would be really, really useful, but I just don't do it. The only, the only like different thing, so to say, which is something a lot of people don't do is, um, uh, when I need to melt chocolate, I always just do it on the microwave. I think it's cleaner yeah. and better. Uh, yes. Uh, I see people at home like getting this pan marie. It's really messy, burning the chocolate because they're cooking the water. <laughs> and the way to do it on a microwave is you just add batches of 30 seconds, just 30 seconds, moving the chocolate, 30 seconds again, moving again. And I think in like three the most, you, you already have it melted, like perfectly yeah. melted. Yeah. You have a bread toaster. Do you use your bread toaster? That's another one that I, you don't have one anymore, but I used to use it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a toaster is essential. I don't actually have one right now because, uh, I mean, for people who don't know me, which is everybody, I've just moved house and I, I own nothing. So I'm <laughs> buying things bit by bit, but like, yeah, I think like a toaster is super, super essential also for me anyway, but like I bake bread at home, you know? So like when I bake bread, I have a loaf of bread. The half of the loaf is going to disappear that same day, right? When the bread is fresh. Because I'll eat that for my dinner, you know, I'll just eat the bread with like cheese and butter and, and whatever. But like the rest, I usually, um, slice and then freeze while it's yeah. sliced. Yeah. And then like when I need it, I'll just take slices out and put them straight in the toaster from frozen. And it works perfect. Same. Because I think like fresh bread is amazing the way it is, but like toast is just as amazing, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, toasters in, indispensable. And, um, wasn't, wasn't it you told me about this, about heating up croissants on yeah, top of Yeah, I did. I talk about it on the sandwich episode, which is, it was quite a revelation, like putting croissants on, on top of the toaster. And then you have this effect of freshly baked croissant, which is crispy on the outside. And it's amazing. I've also tried it like with this cheap back croissants and they they get better like a lot better but they they're still cheap croissants yeah i've i've lately been on a craze for like frozen croissants you know from a food supermarket just like man they've gotten really good honestly you know what a time to be alive but they're they're uh, they're frozen and and raw for you to bake yes oh nice and you just pop them in the oven like 20 minutes and the croissants that come out they're actually really decent they're better than like 80% of the croissants you buy at bakeries. But they're, they're pre-baked or, or, or like a, the raw dough that you need to let uh, proof and everything? You don't need to let it proof, but they're raw, completely raw. Like So they're like okay. top frosted when they're proof. So literally, you just like, you, you pop them in the oven from frozen and they puff up crispy, nice, fresh, gooey on the inside. Super, super nice. Sounds really good. And... Yeah. Um, my flatmate used to have like a, a sous vide cooker 
how do you call that immersive cooking device mm-hmm. and that's actually pretty cool to have one at home you could do your tea there for instance <laughs> if it needs yeah. to have like a specific uh, thing but there, there are so many applications that you can use for it uh for instance, ma- making this perfectly boiled eggs where, where where the egg yolk is still liquid on the inside. Yeah. You know, and it's like a two-step recipe. You just put things there and you push a button and go away, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I very rarely use sous vide machines ever. I use them for exactly what you said. I use them for infusions. For example, if I want to make, like, an infused oil, I like, you know, backpack, for example, like... um you know, tarragon leaves, uh, stems with oil and just put it like 60 degrees, um, and let it go all for eggs, you know, like, like you said, onsen eggs, you know, it's amazing. Um, although you can do them in a, in a, if you have a, like if you're in a professional kitchen, you can do it in a steam oven also. It's very good. But yeah, but like, apart from that, I don't really sous that much anymore, you know? Okay. Like, uh, I like it. For instance, uh, I remember once here at home, like making pork bellies, like for a, bowel dinner party yeah and it was quite good you know because these kind of things are like just a few steps uh xander the the producer of the show he's like uh he doesn't have one anymore but he used to have one and he was obsessed about it he would come to to grill parties with pre-cooked meat like hey it's my pre-sous vide meat you just need to grill it and it will be cooked to perfection <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's a power move <laughs> i love that yeah, I just like, I don't know why, but like at some, like it, it, when I think back, you know, like um, everything used to be sous vide, you know, like uh, the fish, the meat, you know, just fucking everything, even vegetables. And then at some point it just all switched. And like, I think since, since I was like, pr- just before I went to Fabrican, I like changed the way that I approach cooking meat. And now, like for years, I've been doing it just like fire sauce. Old school style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, like another thing that for me falls into the same category as a uh, microwave is a pressure cooker. It's the kind of thing where I'm like, I know it's very useful. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, I, I don't want to have it in my kitchen. Ah, <laughs> uh, you don't. I mean, dude, for making like... Um which is very, very common here, as you know, um, braised ox cheeks. Yeah. Is a be- or chickpeas. Like those two, I would have one just to cook, cook those two things. Yeah, it goes really well together, actually, braised ox. And there's also, again, Sander, Sander's mother gave me the tip of, uh, I've, I just did it once and it went out really nice. Throwing a, an octopus into a pressure cooker. Oh yes. Not even without not even liquid. Nothing. You just throw the whole thing there and you cook it like for twenty minutes and then it has like three fingers of, of its own juices and the tickets cook soft to perfection. Really? Yeah. Like I mean I prefer doing it the traditional way, but this is like a, a way to, you know, have an octopus in twenty minutes with, with without you know, that's the thing. It's like, I see, I see the point of it, but for example, like ox cheeks, you know, like if I'm making ox cheeks at home, you know, I see myself much more like searing them off, putting them in a roasting tray with like the vegetables, the liquid, putting it in the oven, low and slow. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's not like I'm hating on pressure cookers. I totally know. And like, for example, like in Indian families, I know, 
right? It's like pressure cooker is indispensable, you know, for like cooking, braising, mutton curries and stuff like that. And like, I get it. I totally get it. And like, I'm... Here is also super common here in Spain, uh, probably because of the chickpeas and the stews. But here you will find one in every single home for sure. Yeah. Lentils, yeah. these kind of things are very commonly cooked there. Maybe I should get one, you know, for stuff like brisket. It's really nice. Braised brisket. Hey, and, and we forgot about probably the Ferraris of home appliances that we know from professional kitchens, which is the uh, KitchenAid. KitchenAid, okay, I thought you were... No, gonna... no, no, the KitchenAid. I was thinking about the Thermomix, <laughs> sorry. But also the KitchenAid is also like, well, what, what about the KitchenAid first? Kitchen, like a, I, I've never had a KitchenAid at a home and I think I would, I wouldn't use it as much. I think it's more like a, a, a restaurant equipment or, I mean, if you're someone who bake. Uh, a lot or because you can do a lot of things you can make pasta or or grind meat of these kind of things but these kind of things i never do at home i I personally um yeah no i totally see what you're saying like i think a kitchen is very nice for somebody who cooks a lot because the cool thing like you said is that you can have all the attachments so for people who don't know kitchen aid is like a device that is basically like um uh, like a, a mixer who, where you can knead dough or whisk um, with a bowl attachment. But the thing is that you can open like a little hole in the top and you can add loads of attachments, a pasta sheet, a meat grinder. I think just for the meat grinder, for example, it's like if you're really into cooking, you do this sort of stuff, you know, um, and you're somebody who wants to like grind meat, you want to make sausages. Like I think the versatility of it is very cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, you, you can even, and for me, that's the, the best way to make ice cream at home. Did we talk about this at the ice cream episode as well, or didn't we? Did you just freeze like a, a tray with your ice cream mixer, but it has to be, have a, a specific amount of sugar? You cut it into cubes and you throw it there and you just let it knead like a dough. And you get like a perfect ice cream pot. You will have it just, you know, like for a banquet service where you have like 200 people and you do the whole thing. Because it's not, you know, like you put it in the freezer, it will get super hard. Yeah. Uh, but in that moment, it's super creamy and nice. Yeah, that's cool. I've never actually seen that. But like, you know, the, the dough kneading thing, the, the whisk is, I mean, useful for meringues and whatnot. Meat grinder, pasta sheet, you know. Moses, that kind of things. But I was thinking about the Thermomix. I won a Thermomix uh, with a, a, a contest. Uh, so I had one at home. And after a few months, I gave it to my mom because I just know she will give it lots more of use, you know, like, yeah. because I was, I use it, I don't use it as much and I use it just to blitz stuff, you know, like, yeah. like most chefs, you know, most chefs, you just have yeah. heat and speed and that's it. Nobody uses programs, nobody steams, nobody stews, but you can do all that on that Thermomix. You can. I've never in my life done anything else but just mix with a Thermomix or like... At temperature. A few times I've added temperature. few times temperature. Okay. But like so fucking rarely, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, for me, it's kind of like, you know, uh, at one point we, uh, in a restaurant I was working in, we got a new ice cream machine and the ice cream rep came to like to explain this fancy ice cream machine and he was like, Okay, so here are the freezing programs, ice cream, sorbet, blah, blah, blah. And then he went, but you have loads more programs. You know, here you can also add heat. You can make, here are all the programs, the recipes you can make. Bolognese, you can make ragu, you can make stew, you can make 
bechamel. And I was like, man, I don't care. I don't care about it here. <laughs> I just want ice cream. Like, this is great. Well done. But I'm never going to use this ever. And it's kind of like, like this with Thermomix. I think Thermomix is good for mixing. It's a good mixer. But it's kind of just too much for what I use it for, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a super, as you say, for me, it's the best mixer in the market. Um, and it, yeah, like, like everything else is extra because, no, but I, I, I have used the heat settings. I've never used a program, not, not a single time. Yeah. <laughs> never, ever. And I know the new ones even have like, like systems where you can program your shopping. So you get, you know, groceries and you do it all through the Thermomix uh, interface. That's crazy. But that, yeah, that was working in, in some cities in, in the United States. I, I don't know if it's still working, but I remember reading an article about it. Yeah, that's just crazy. It's super interesting. Uh, but I, I've done like lentils and that kind of stuff on Thermomixes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, because I had ones at home. Uh, I had one at home and it was, you know, but actually I prefer doing those things. Uh, traditional method, you know, the, the things are mostly for people who don't know how to use a knife, you know, or or how to make lentils the normal way. Yeah. Or super busy, you know, home cooks that have families and are super busy, you know, handling a lot of stuff. Ah, come on, man. You know, my grandma used to cook like fucking, <laughs> fucking banquets, you know, while working two jobs. I don't know, like, it's not like uh, too busy. And I don't know, you know, these appliances are really cool, but it's like, put a pot on the stove, make a, you know, make a sofrito, make some lentils, learn how to do that, and then program your, your mixer afterwards, you know? And that's it for this week's episode of Potluck Food Talks. If you like what we're doing, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as Potluck Food Talks. The show airs every Monday.